0: issues, etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. What if you have religious differences in your family? I don't think it's a what if in many cases. In a lot of cases, it's when you have religious differences in your family, even if it's something that some may be considered minor, like two different kinds of Lutheranism. Not minor, by the way, but what do you do? How do you discuss it with mom, dad, sons, and daughters? Welcome back to Issues Etc. It's time for listener email, the Issues Etc. comment line. Our email address, issuesetc.org, and the comment line, 618-223-8382. Let's begin with Jim in Wisconsin. I have recently become a listener to Lutheran
1: Public Radio, and it's a joy to have this resource on my lifelong journey through Lutheranism. My wife and I have been members of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod now for about the last 15 years. We have been Lutherans for all of our lives, being brought up in the old American Lutheran Church. Sadly, the turn of events that led to the formation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America was the breaking point for us. We now belong to a confessional Lutheran Church. The problem my wife and I have is our remaining two daughters do not have an issue with the ELCA. They're married with children. We cannot discuss with them the problems that the ELCA presents, In fact, we are told that they do not want to talk about this subject. With this background, I would like to hear about how others are dealing with this issue. I believe that we are not alone in this issue and would like to see this problem addressed. And I would like to see this problem addressed in a manner to help bring understanding and reconciliation to families such as ours. Thanks for listening in Wisconsin, Jim.
0: Well, that's a very good and I think it's a very relevant question. I don't think it's a rare thing. Let me start by reiterating something that I said before, which is the difference between, he says, confessional Lutheran congregation. That's kind of a code for probably a a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregation. The differences between the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America are not inconsequential in any way whatsoever. They're not minor differences. They're not it's this isn't theological nitpicking. The differences are profound. As profound, I would say, more differences between, theologically, differences between the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and the ELCA, more profound differences than differences between the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and Roman Catholicism. And that's saying a lot, because there are some profound differences between Lutheranism and Catholicism, but in this case, the differences are Graver, Roman Catholics still believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. They still believe in the bodily presence of Jesus Christ in the Lord's Supper.
1: They still believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. They still believe life
0: begins at conception. They still believe that there are only two genders. Right. Go to the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Walk into the average one. It's not going to be very full, but walk into the average one. And and what you will likely find is a denial of one or more or perhaps even all of those biblical truths. Maybe not among the laity, because these things don't filter down very well as long as the pastor or pastorette, in the case of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, still use the proper buzzwords in their sermon and their teaching. A lot of the laity think they're still Lutheran when they're not. So these profound differences, including, up up to and including the doctrine of justification. The main difference between Roman Catholics and Lutherans is the doctrine of justification. Well, guess what? The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America agreed to the Roman Catholics' view of justification back in 1998 in a document called The Joint Declaration on the Doctrine of Justification. The Catholics gave up nothing. The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America gave up everything. So, What's it, left? I don't know that there is anything left. So you have a very tall mountain to climb. And really what you're trying to do here, I'm suspecting that your kids don't want to talk about this because it's uncomfortable to talk about theology sometimes with family, but also they probably aren't completely aware of how profound the differences are and how profoundly the evangelical Lutheran church in America has abandoned not only the Word of God through teaching and practicing things clearly contrary to the Word of God, but also at the heart of that, abandoned the gospel of Jesus Christ. They have another gospel. They'll still say, God forgives you all your sins, but they've redefined those sins or in fact, defined those sins entirely away. And they'll still say, Jesus died for you on the cross, but ask them, Is it the blood of Jesus that atones for the sins of all mankind, the real blood? And did he really rise from the dead? And remember, St. Paul says, if he didn't rise from the dead, the rest of it doesn't really even matter. So you have a very tall mountain to climb. It largely, it's catechesis, it's education. Making sure that your kids, first of all, know exactly what it is the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America is teaching and is accepting and is practicing. You start there. And at the heart of this, I think you need to keep in mind that we're talking here about what St. Paul would call another gospel. Look, if you give up the Lutheran teaching on justification by grace through faith for the sake of Christ alone, you've given the entire game up. It really doesn't matter past that point. And historically, the ELCA has given that up. Again, 1998, Joint Declaration on the Doctrine of Justification a agreed to the Roman Catholic view of justification. Might I suggest that they find an
1: issues, etc. episode on an area of agreement. He said they're married with children. Maybe have them listen to an episode or series on the marriage in Richmond with pastor David Peterson
0: or, or something about, you know, something if, you agree on. Yeah. Some, so you start with an area of agreement there too. And we're happy to be of help. I think the suggestion from the listener is a great one because this isn't a one-off. There are other people who are struggling with this and it would be great to hear from listeners on how they have dealt with family members with whom they have, at least apparently have, theological differences. What I don't understand
1: is when you support the ordination of women, when you support open communion, when you support transgenderism, cohabitation, abortion, why remain in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod or the Evangelical Lutheran Synod or the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod when you'd be at home in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America?
0: Yeah, they're they're waiting. The church is not it's not a social club, folks. Yeah. If you if you're going to be a Lutheran, then be a real Lutheran. And I think we we need to acknowledge that the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America forfeited even the semblance of the name Lutheran a long time ago. We didn't mention that they also sold out the sacraments in. Yeah, they don't know what with they believe the, about the the three sacram- reform?
1: Remember the, the ecumenical agreement they have with the UCC and the Episcopal Church USA, the PC,
0: PC, PCUSA USA On it was something with the they're, sacrament of the altar. They're just willing to agree with everybody on the sacrament of the altar, even when those varying opinions differ from one another, because it doesn't matter to them. I'm, I'm being harsh, but it's true. I'm not saying individual members of ELCA congregations. I'm sure it, many of them, it still matters deeply. But to the pastors and the leadership of the ELCA, it, these, these doctrinal matters are not just secondary. They're tertiary. They're even farther away from the center than that. So I don't envy you the task that is laid before you. Start with education. Start with something that you agree on. Go to the catechism. Just open up the catechism with the kids if they will give you an opportunity to say, let's just talk about these basic truths. Ten Commandments, Creed, Lord's Prayer, Baptism, Absolution, Lord's Supper. The small Catechism start there. It's a good place to start. And it's a good place maybe to find out where the real disagreements are. Rewind.
1: Can we still use that term in an electronic age? Rewind. Craig, like Adobe Audition, the editing program, there's not a rewind function, right? Yeah, but We're,
0: people rewind their, their Rokus and their... Your DVR, your, your DVDs, okay, okay, yeah. Okay, so it's still re, I'm still relevant. If I'm a rewind,
1: something I said, it's not a social club. That's overstating. It's much more than a social club. Are there social aspects because there are brothers and sisters in Christ? Absolutely. Right. But if what you're looking for
0: is social engagement you can find that any place really i mean you can there's i think we're going back to a a joiner generation with these younger people doing things more socially not isolating themselves actually got invited to play pinochle the other night i mean i didn't we hadn't played pinochle in years but I think, I, think, I think some of the, the, the younger generation, I, I sound like I'm 80 years old, but I think they're actually recapturing the idea of let's get together and do things, which our generation, we did when we were younger, maybe, but not not when we were older. You so, play Euchre. That's a man's game. Euchre's just pinochle that hasn't gotten out of diapers yet.
1: So. Wow. Wow. All right. Emily, here's a thought-provoking question. Pinochle? That's in day per I got to think about that. Profound, Wilkin. Still into short pants. <laughs> Emily writes, have you ever thought about opening up registration for the annual issues, etc., making the case conference in January? Regardless of who the speakers are, some of us will come no matter who you have speaking.
0: Okay, that's a, that's a great suggestion. If we knew what date the thing was. In order to honestly register people, we have to have the date set. And so we're kind of between a rock and a hard place waiting for a yes or a no from certain kind of high-end speakers and setting the date because whether or not those speakers will be available will determine the date. And then we can immediately start registering people regardless. Once we get the, that speaker locked and we can begin registering people.
1: Otherwise, we'd be issuing lots of refunds. And I think PayPal, if it's 150 $150, It's like $5 refund. Right. We don't get back, by the way. Yeah, if
0: PayPal is still letting us do business. Yeah, 2023, who knows?
1: Lauren. Jeff, where can I find chaper recordings from Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana?
0: Well, if you're looking for...
1: Proving that virtually nobody
0: listens to listener email (laughs) and the issues, etc. Comment line. If you're looking for the recordings on say a website it's on ours it's under kramer chapel and they're posted there every day at that particular page at our website issuesetc.org org. just look for kramer chapel under the what heading is it jeff i don't have it in front of me it's daily chapel it, on the homepage. page just scroll
1: down to the middle
0: somewhere. so th- that's where you can find it every day it's usually posted there by what uh, 10 o'clock in the morning yeah it's right after it airs and that's where it will be if you're looking for it as a podcast that is not listening through a web browser, it has its own podcast feed. Now, it used to be in the Issues Etc. podcast feed. Now, it has its own podcast feed, and how can that be located? I think it's Morning Chapel from Kramer Chapel. I'm trying to look it up right now on Apple Podcasts. Morning Chapel from Kramer Chapel. It's likely that's what we named it because that's the name of the actual that's broadcast. the name of it morning chapel from kramer chapel if you're looking for it as a podcast any podcast provider it would probably satisfy the search or if you if you listen to it kind of the old-fashioned way at our website issuesetc.org daily chapel here's an email from
1: frustrated in massachusetts i very much appreciated pastor david peterson's presentation on marriage enrichment however when i went to the lutheran church missouri Synod website i could find no significant programs that support marriage. I was particularly interested in programs that could be used to reach out to the community and support their marriages. Do LCMS churches need to seek programs from other church bodies? Thanks for listening in
0: Massachusetts. Well, I, don't think they, I don't think they should, because you probably won't end up with a thoroughly, maybe a mostly, but not a thoroughly biblical teaching on marriage. Now, that's not to say that Lutheran congregations in the past haven't kind of glommed on to non-lutheran versions of these things and some of them are innocuous but others you never know what you might be taught there you might be taught something that's sub-biblical or something where they've added something to what the Bible teaches so you want to th- you want a thoroughly Lutheran program I don't know that I don't know that there ever has been one in the past what <laughs> what sad to say what Lutheran Church Missouri Synod has done is find somebody else's program and copy it and kind of try and Lutheranize it but I'm not aware of any particular program, that doesn't mean your pastor isn't capable of putting something like that together. Even start with just a, just a basic Bible study that runs, you know, 10 weeks on the biblical teaching of marriage, starting with Genesis, going all the way to the marriage feast of the lamb. And I think that'd be a good place to begin. And then you can build upon that.
1: Hello, my name is Bethany, currently living in Lawrence, Kansas, as a Lutheran college student. I'm interested in writing fiction, and a lot of ink has been spilled on writing fiction from a Christian standpoint, but I don't think I've seen much on writing fiction or creating art from a Lutheran standpoint. So if you guys could do a show on that, that would be wonderful. Thanks, and God bless.
0: Thank you. It's a good suggestion. There are a lot of places you could go for the basic mechanics of of writing fiction and i'm I'm just going to say one of the very best i've ever read is called i think it's called on writing by stephen king the 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 horror fiction author but from a lutheran perspective well there are people who are attempting to do this several people in the lutheran sphere that are attempting to do this katie Schuerman writes fiction from a lutheran perspective who else did we just interview about a month or so ago Oh, it's a nut, well, neither of us are going to get it. We're both, we're both in having our senior moments here. We'll find it. She lives in Iowa. Yep. And I, I remember the interview. I just don't remember her name. Sorry. But uh, it's a great suggestion. My personal opinion would be start out by writing good fiction. Don't ignore your Lutheranism. But you, I don't think you necessarily need to make it, quote, unquote, Lutheran fiction. Start out by writing good fiction. Don't ignore your Lutheran worldview when you write it, your Lutheran ideas and theology when you write it. It's going to find its way in. And I, I don't think you need to Lutheranize it. And send
1: an email to talkback at org. We'll put you in touch with Katie Shurman and Gail
0: Siegel. Gail Siegel. Very good. When we come back, a little bit more issues, et cetera, comment line and a little bit more listener email talkback at org and the issues, et cetera, comment line. 618 223 8382. Then we're going to talk about progressive public education with Josh Polling.
1: Overcome oh, the blow, done to take it well. Only wish my words could just convince myself that it just wasn't real. But that's not the way it feels.
0: Operator. Would you help me place this Luther had Wartburg. We have Collinsville. You're listening to Issues Etc. Several Issues Etc. regular guests are candidates for leadership positions in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Every LCMS congregation has received nomination forms for the president and vice presidents of Synod. Please encourage your pastor and congregational leaders to fill out and return these nomination forms before February twenty-eighth of twenty twenty-three. Learn more at issuesetc.org slash twenty twenty-three nominations. Issuesetc.org slash twenty twenty-three nominations. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Welcome. We're going through listener email and the Issues Etc. comment line. In a few minutes, Josh Pauling will join us for what I'm sure will prove to be an in-depth conversation on progressive public education. He speaks from experience having taught in a public high school for more than a decade. Gene in Illinois, woo-hoo. I'm loving this new series with Pastor David Peterson on marriage enrichment. That's nice. I'm glad. We've never done that before. And I don't think 10 years ago we would have been doing a marriage enrichment series with Pastor David Peterson because he's, he's as he admits in the series, he's kind of only recently come to, and I think a level of maturity in his pastoral ministry where he says, you know, this is part of my responsibility to help, help insofar as I can safeguard the marriages and, and strengthen the marriages of my people.
1: We have done marriage series with
0: Dr. Peter Kurowski. Yes, I remember that. that was a long time ago. Pastor David Shaddy. And then there was another one
1: The marriage is well, like dance. Marriage uh, Richard Iyer, but I don't know if I, I Shaddy we've we've done, but I think Karauski and Richard Iyer were before before we got fired by the
0: Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And we were doing at the time we were kind of doing more theology of marriage. And I think the thing that David's bringing to the table here is He's willing to speak pastorally and not that theology is not practical, but in very pastoral and practical terms about what a congregation a pastor can do to strengthen people's marriage. Yeah. Not to say those other ones weren't very practical. Oh, no, they were very practical. But I think we were getting we're getting the fruit of David Peterson's probably I'm, est- I'm estimating his, his age, 25 plus years as a pastor and dealing with these issues.
1: Jason, North Carolina, Dear Issues, etc. I did something foolish the other day and was drawn into a social media debate about the Lord's Supper with an evangelical. This isn't the first run-in with this person. We also had many discussions about baptism. I just couldn't let his statement, quote, a dip into water can't bring you forgiveness or a piece of bread and a sip of wine either, end quote, go unchecked. While discussing the Lord's Supper, he used his trump card of John 6-6, 63, Jesus' statement, quote, the flesh profits nothing, end quote. I knew his interpretation wasn't what Jesus was talking about or had in mind, but how to go about explaining that to him wasn't going to be easy. After referring to my trusty old Lutheran study Bible, which made an excellent point that Jesus never said, my flesh profits nothing, I searched on issues, etc., to see if he did a program on this proof text, and I came up with two. Podcast 1961 and 2831, both interviews with Dr. Jordan Cooper. Using what Dr. Cooper had to say really took the wind out of his sails. He said this to me before when I stumped him. Quote, your religion has taught you well, end quote. He uses the word religion in a derogatory way to describe Lutheranism, meaning we only have rites and rituals, but no relationship with Jesus sort of thing. I take the taught you well as quite a compliment. To get what I'm telling you all this, the credit goes to issues, et cetera, and your many expert guests, such as Dr. Cooper, Pastor Whedon, Pastor Wolf Miller, and so many others. It's not saying my pastor doesn't teach me, but issues, etc., is able to cover so much more theology. Thanks for all the excellent programs that help your listeners contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. And thank you for listening in North Carolina.
0: Jason. Very glad we could help. Very glad. That's exactly why we're here. It's one of the many reasons that we're here. That when you find yourself kind of in a little bit over your depth in a conversation, and you're thinking, "How do I respond to this?" In this case, you know the the misapplication of the flesh gives life; the spirit profits nothing. Uh, we want to be that resource. And By the way, you could also tell your friend there that even the implication that Lutherans have rites and rituals but no relationship with Jesus—you know, our relationship with Jesus is found. In that baptism, that's where he makes us a child of God. That's the relationship. He becomes our brother there. That's the relationship. This isn't girlfriend, boyfriend. This is Jesus is now my brother. I'm a fellow son of God with him in and through baptism. And the other part of that relationship is where Jesus feeds us his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. And those are Jesus words. Those aren't Luther's words or the Luther Reformation's words. Those are Jesus words where he says, my body, my blood. For the forgiveness of sins, there again, he strengthens that relationship with us.
1: Jack in Oklahoma. He's writing in regards to your recent interview with Pastor Roy Askins on the Metaverse. Catching up on episodes, this was excellent. Pastor Askins nailed why online and baptism cannot be. Towards the end of the segment, he talked about how Jesus came in the flesh and not virtually. In true Lutheran tradition, it was this not this comparison. This short discourse of probably not over 20 seconds was the best summary of all the words spoken and written on the subject of online communion. Thanks for the feedback, and
0: thanks for listening in Oklahoma, Jack. I agree with you completely. I mean, it's not all you can say about the impropriety and the the wrongness of online communion or online baptism, but it is the minimum, you must say, which is Christ... Chose to be present with us bodily, truly present with us bodily, and that's why, at the very minimum, a virtual Lord's Supper will never go. Not to not to mention it, it violates Christ's own institution, which is never ever a good idea. When we come back from the break on this Friday afternoon, December the sixteenth, Josh Pauling, he's author of a three part series for Salvo Magazine called Schoolhouse Rots. We'll talk about progressive public education and hear some of his story as a public school teacher. Communication's never been as easy as today And it would make me happy when you've gone so far away Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection is the perfect Christmas gift for children, grandchildren, and godchildren ages 5 through 9. This new resource is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040. You can also purchase Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for December, Archbooks Treasury Christmas Collection, 1-800-325-3040, or issuesetc.org. Job saw the city as a wasteland, as if devoid of God, witnessing
1: injustice to the poor by the corrupt, lawlessness of criminals, trafficking of children, blatant immorality, thinking God could not see wicked deeds done in the dark of night. Yet God never abandoned Job, nor his city, groaning for mercy. God is working through the living Redeemer, hands etched with salvation, pointing to the resurrection to come. Join us at lcms.org slash citymission to seek peace and shine the light in the city. Lutheranism in the Public Square. You're listening to Issues Etc. Is it hard? Yes. Will it challenge you? Absolutely. Is it a blessing from God for you and those you will serve without question?
0: Dr. Lawrence Rast, President of Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana.
1: The pastoral ministry is all of these things, and that's why Concordia Theological Seminary exists to form servants in Jesus Christ who teach the faithful, reach the lost, and care for all. Men from all over the world with a variety of unique backgrounds come to our campus to receive faithful training that will equip them for the challenging but blessed work of serving as pastors in Christ's church.
0: Learn more about studying for the vocation of pastor at ctsfw.edu or call 1-800-481-2155. Christ-Centered Worship, Confessional Theology, Lutheran Community, Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana.